that says I'm certified, qualified, and bona fide. But do I actually know anything about the weather? Welcome to What Is It About the Weather podcast, where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. This week, we're going to be talking about weathercation. But before we get there, as always, hope you're doing well. Been dealing with the balance of heat and humidity lately for me. I had a friend just in the last couple of days send me a, a message one morning. Said, "Well, you know, the bright side is only going to be forty nine percent humidity. The flip side was it was almost ninety four degrees at the same time. So, yeah, evaporative cooling was in play. But in any case, it was a little bit of toaster. Things are, I you know, I don't know. It everybody." has a different version of what they envision summer. I like getting to the end of, of summer. There's no doubt about that. I like things to calm down, things to get into fall mode. Uh, you know, I love I love fall season. I love all the things that fall season brings. You know, somebody the other day said to me, I was born, I'm a, I'm a summer baby. I was born in August, late August. But I, I consider myself a football season baby. And there's more to the story that I'm going to tell here. But the long and the short of it is, I think of myself as being a into the fall season. Yes, I know it's before Labor Day. But man, it's, uh, I, I don't want to equate myself with summer. So I, I think of myself as a fall watch baby, if you will. And as part of that, and as part of my vacation, and as part of my prep for vacation, I was doing this thing where I was testing. I have bought myself three watches over time. One was a gift to myself for finishing grad school. And it was the first watch I ever owned that had weather instrumentation built in. And I, you know, I learned to know the shortcomings and the plus and minuses. And then the second one was my first fitness watch that I got a few years ago. And recently, this year, I actually got as a birthday present, a little early birthday present, a newer fitness watch, right? Some features I was looking for, some things I didn't have in the last one. And it also had updated weather capability. And I pulled all three of them aside and ran some basic tests, and the good news is they all basically tell me the same thing. Yeah, there were some differences, but they were all fairly accurate. Checked them against some other weather-capable instrumentation that I have, and all of it was within, you know, one degree Fahrenheit, which is pretty good for any of that kind of mobile stuff. So I'll take that. All this to say that I'm looking forward to not the heat of summer. And I hope wherever you are right now that if, your summer's coming to an end. One that I hope you enjoy fall. I hope you enjoy all the the things that come with fall. But that summer, at least what's left of it, is in a zone that you find enjoyable. That you are enjoying summer. I don't. Let me know. Let me know. Are are do you do you like summer? I mean, is summer your season? And explain to me why it's your season. It's particularly about the weather. What is it about the weather? Because if you want to say summer's great because of the not weather, that's that's fine too. You, you can go that route. But I'd be curious to know what people like about summer weather in particular. And it may be, you know, wherever you are, it's a, it's a good season that it's, it is it is the Goldilocks zone, if you will. Any case, let's do this. Let's get into the topic about weathercation and what I really mean about weather education and the idea of it. And there are a couple of quotes. You heard me use a quote. Actually, that's a quote from Good Times, TV show from, 
I think it was in the 1970s when I was growing up. But there's a, this famous scene where he passes a, you know, I don't know if it's a certificate or whatever that basically says that. It says, I'm certified, qualified, and bona fide. But there's a lot of quotes that always hit me that way, right? When when there's a famous one, and Oh Brother, We're Out There uses bona fide multiple times. He's bona fide, and, and there's, it's a kind of a running thing in the movie. It's one of the, the great lines of the movie that's used multiple times, if you will. But even cartoon movies, like there's the musical scene in Aladdin where he goes, I'm bona fide, you know, because he's pronouncing bona fide wrong, right? So what does it mean to have some level of education that you can trust, right? And, and you've heard me mention before that I don't consider my clim- myself a climatologist, but that actually is what brought me to this episode. Know a lot about climate do a lot of things related to climate. I don't focus on the science that much. Doesn't mean I don't have some knowledge, some basic knowledge about it, but I'm getting ready to pursue something, a certification that's about sustainability and, and climate resilient sort of stuff. And it, it, But it really has more to do with risk management. So I'll probably be fine on the climate piece of it because I've got some background there. It's, it's a SCR certificate is what it, or SCP. I don't remember, I should... I should know which my acronym is, right? Um, if it's, I, but I, I want to say it was it was SCR when I was when I was checking that the other day. So yeah, it, it GARP another acronym, but but basically it's a, a risk management group. All right. So the idea is there's more and more corporations and organizations around the globe, and now some of it's written into like the EU. It's written into the legislation that they have to have certain reporting capabilities. But it's just something of more interest, right? Because putting the politics aside, and after a year like this where it's been very warm, it, it will be on people's minds. And so more organizations are working it into their, their governance. But more people at least think about that piece of the equation when they're evaluating their futures. And so this certification that I'm going to go after, and hopefully I'll achieve, i got to take the test in October, so i got plenty of time to study, is giving me that layer in theory to to basically say, not only do I understand this topic, but I understand how to think about this topic in the context of other things you might be thinking about. But quite often when we look at the need for expertise, whether it's weather or other things, I mean, a classic example is medical stuff, right? So you always see, I like to say, anything that follows somebody's name that's not like a junior or a senior or a number, but that, that they have on their resume or whatever it is, you kind of wonder, what does that mean, right? Well, what does that really entail? And, and is it useful to me? Because I used to be in the medical software space. God, it's been I don't know, more than 20 years ago now, but I used to go to these conventions. So each state had these little conventions that you would go to in, in the specialty that I was kind of working in. And the doctors would get continuing education credits. I mean, it was something they were supposed to do. But I also know that you can go to those things and you don't necessarily sit in on the session or the session may not really be anything new to you, right? It, it might be something, hopefully it is. And, th- and that's the whole idea of it. But a lot of those little acronyms that come after people's names do require that they stay up to date, 
All right. And everybody's got a different version of that. But when you think about it in the medical field, what you're really hoping for, right, or, or th- take something else, somebody builds stuff like architectures or engineers, right? You hope that they're staying up to date on what's the latest. And I remember going to a doctor's office probably about 10 years ago now, and I was chatting with him. And he was going to a conference in Atlanta, so where I grew up, and I was living in Chile at the time, so it was kind of, you know, we were talking about it, places to go, things to do. But he was telling me about the conference, and he was very excited about it. He was excited because he was going to be getting trained on a new robotic piece of instrument that he could do procedures on, and and he felt was going to be a, a real upgrade to doing all these things by hand because it took some of the you know, having to have a very calm, steady hand factor out of the equation, but would still allow doctors to be able to do the procedures. Great idea. I love that idea. And I, as a person, when I go to see a doctor or, like I said, anything where I'm evaluating, I'll often ask them some question related to what's new in this sort of treatment, more so to just make sure that they're aware Now, they may say, you know, I've looked at that. I don't think it's quite ready for prime time. And if they can convey to you why, again, I listen to those things. And this doesn't have to just be with things that are life and death. It can be with other things, too. And it can be on advice because continuing education is relevant for other things as well. I mean, it can be on a financial advisor, you know, an accountant, those sort of things. But lawyers, other folks that, again, have these things that, you know, whether it's a CPA or a law degree or whatever it is at the end of their name, that you hope are staying up to date with what's the latest and greatest. But this applies in the field of sciences as well. And and maybe you know people that are engineers, okay? And being a professional engineer, that is one of the things. You get, you get certified and you have to be trained. You have to be out doing it for a period of time, but you also have to keep up that certification, Right. And the same holds true for certifications that apply in meteorology. And the classic example, of course, is a is the broadcasting seals that you, you know, 20 years ago, no one really thought about it. But because a lot of people that do on air meteorology don't initially have that background or don't come from that background, some of them do, but not all of them. This program was developed to help make sure that they had a fundamental understanding of the meteorology, but it also puts in place guidelines to make sure they're maintaining that knowledge and that understanding. Okay. Now, when I was reviewing these, and I, I'm putting one of them in the show notes, there's a couple of organizations here in the U.S., and I, I'm speaking to it from a U.S.-centric standpoint because that's really what these certifications are for. They, one of them, I think, of the American Meteorological Society, I'm putting it out there, but the other one is the National Weather Association. Now, you may ask what's the difference between these two organizations. Well, the National Weather so- Association's really geared in and kindly partly born out of the National Weather Service here in the U.S., but it truly is geared more for truly just meteorologists, where the American Meteorological Society is, I would call it more of a research-oriented organization, or that's where it got its start, if you will, but it also, as a part, a big part of what it does, caters to that same group, these broadcast meteorologists, and their certification's been around a lot longer, if I remember correctly. But in reviewing what you can do for, and each one of them has things like one of them may say you have to do so many per every three years, so many per every five years, whatever it is. And and 
again, I don't care whether it's a CPA or a lawyer or, or a doctor, whatever it is, they'll all have their own things based on the people that allow them to do things. So for instance, you may be a medical doctor, but to be practicing, you have to be part of the the board within that, let's say the state where you are, or the country where you are. And it's the same thing with law degrees in different situations is there'll be some kind of basic knowledge that's probably on a large scale, but you may have unique requirements in, in a place where you've moved to or that sort of thing that you got to qualify for. But whatever these certifications are, you'll look at the requirements and you go, okay, some of that makes sense. Like you present something. And, and I'll give you a, an example that definitely applied to me. The National Weather Association accepts where you have gain self-knowledge to teach a college course. And for instance, a few years ago when I did that, it would have been very helpful because I would have been able to use those courses. And trust me, there's nothing that kind of gets your knowledge deeper than when you know you're going to have to explain it to people that are then going to have real meaningful questions about it, right? And I've always found that to be the case. So the courses I taught, it was like going even deeper than what I already knew because I really had to think about it because I, I needed to be able to convey that knowledge, not just enough to say, okay, I get it, but enough to say, ah, that person gets it from what I'm saying. But there's other things. Again, you can go to annual conferences and sit in on these sessions. You can do online courses, all that kind of stuff. But then there'll be things that you look at and you'll go, why do you get credits for that? For instance, being an officer in an organization or other things. And part of it probably is to encourage those behaviors. But a lot of times when you're active within an organization, you get knowledge that you wouldn't get otherwise. Now, you might be able to argue how is that relevant to the specific thing of knowledge. But maybe if you're a, a broadcast meteorologist, it's just as important about how well you communicate as it is about the depth of scientific knowledge, right? So all those things are relevant. And again, look through that list of the, of the one I put in the show notes. If you find it interesting or if you have questions, you can, of course, always let, it, let me know. But like I said, the, the thing I always do or, or I think about, if you ever come across and or if you have a question for your meteorologist or they give you some way to interact with them online, it is always good to ask them, what's new, right? And that, that it's never hurts to ask. Now, they may not answer you and you shouldn't bludgeon them with tons of questions unless you want to tick them off. But a lot of times those people will engage because they like sharing their knowledge. And that's the people you look for are the ones that are willing to engage with you and share with you. And that's where you're going to get that level of trust quite often, right? But it's also important to recognize that whatever it is, whether it's in weather or these other things, that sometimes you're just not going to be able to ask those questions and you're going to have to trust based on other factors, right? Or sometimes you want the person that isn't just whatever the flavor of the week is. And, and that's a balance. And you heard me mention that earlier in the episode as well, right? Which is sometimes I want somebody to say, you know, I sat in on this seminar recently because I thought this would be an interesting step. And I do think it has potential, but it's the first research we've seen on the topic, and these other methods are, are tried and true and proven, and we're going to stick with those for now in hopes of this other thing. Now, they may evaluate your situation differently. For instance, if you were in a life and death situation, and I remember reading recently about a story where someone had a severe bacterial infection, and none of the antibiotics or the treatments were working, and there was a new 
type of science that was coming out about treating these things. I think they're called phages, if, if I'm remembering correctly of how to pronounce that. And they decided to go for it. And under normal circumstances, you may not do it. But having the ability, and this was the spouse of this person who had enough knowledge, right, that was able to go and say, okay, how can I dig into this treatment and find it for my spouse who's potentially going to die if he doesn't get treatment, right? So I, I think it's, you know, it's always interesting, and it's, I think it's important with any of us to recognize how it is that we evaluate the processes that are important to us and how we make sure that we're getting sound information and and that's up to date, particularly if it's in a field that's changing often. And now you may say, well, weather doesn't change that much, but in certain aspects of it, it may be bigger changes than others. And it, it never hurts to be able to say, for instance, you heard on an episode that there was a new satellite that was you know, doing relevant stuff on, you know, on, I don't know, uh, being able to see forest fires better or whatever it is. And so you can, you can engage in a conversation with an expert and ask them if they're using those tools and those sort of things. But end of day, what's important is being in the thought process of asking those questions, but also keep in mind that there are ways always that you can gain self-knowledge and even within weather space, there, there's the ability to become, for instance, a certified storm spotter. And I read an article just the other day that had to do with a paper that was being disputed because one of the data, you know, they were talking about the data sources and how they get them. And they even mentioned that there were storm spotters involved in classifying these things and about how that's subjective versus more uh, objective measurements. But at the same time, it reminded me that one of the ways still that we get boots on the ground information is by someone who understands what they're seeing in the sky and can share that information with a, with a local weather office. So if a topic, whether it's weather or something else is interesting to you, don't hesitate, right? Don't hesitate to go and look at what you might be able to gain. And it may or may not be a certificate. I think it's great that meteorology has this uh, storm training capability, but a lot of times self-education that you've gone through, right, with, with credible sources can be a great first step in helping you in the evaluation process of whatever the critical thing is to you, whether it's weather or something else. But I don't know. I'm going to try to get certified in something else. I'm hoping it will provide me a foundation to better be able to convey a, in a very specific area more in depth than maybe I've done traditionally. And that's my goal right? It's very simple. I'm looking to gain knowledge and whether this little acronym at the end of my name will drive, you know, new opportunities for me. I hope so, right? But at a minimum, it's a step to get me to where I feel comfortable in the level and the quality of advice that I can give to people that is credible in a way that maybe I, I feel generally okay with now, but hopefully it'll take it to that next step. Any case, just remember, that the next time you go looking for advice, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.